Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience, 20 minutes that simplifies the complex job of managing and leading people and inspires you to take action on what you probably already know to build and sustain a smart and healthy business. Here's your host, Ed Epley, to introduce this week's guest and business leader. Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience, your chance to get proven and practical ideas to help you run your business in a more successful and sustainable and hopefully profitable way. We are continuing a series of conversations with executives about the challenges associated with hiring, coaching, predominantly, I would say, coaching, discipline, and even firing people. We had Katie Brown from Steamboat Ski and Resort on recently, and this is the second one of those. And today we have Kevin Hickey, COO of All Four Engineering. They're in the Philadelphia area in terms of their headquarters, but they're around the eastern. Actually, are you guys now clear across the nation? Do you have anything out in the West Coast? We are. We have a California office that we started up in February. Yeah. So your travel will only increase. Yep. And more opportunities to see more great golf courses around the United States. So for sure, I don't know whether the golf drives the acquisitions or the acquisitions drive the increase in golf, but, but it's good that you get to do that. So happy for you, Kevin. Welcome to the Ed Epley experience once again. Thanks, Ed. Happy to be here. Yeah. Kevin has uh, proven to me through words, but more importantly, actions, that he is a student of the discipline of professional management. So I thought there's no one better at giving us thoughts and ideas about what works and doesn't work for him that could be of value to you. So that's why I wanted Kevin to be one of the folks to weigh in on this topic of coaching and discipline and, and even if need be firing and parting with individuals. So Kevin, let's get into it. I routinely hear that you know, this is one of the most challenging areas for individuals. What's been your experience? Where does it fall in your, you know, level of difficulty? Is this something that seems natural and intuitive to you to have these kinds of conversations? Or has it something that you really had to learn to embrace and wade into, even though it wasn't always fun? Well, when it gets to, you know, the piece that you mentioned about, like, if you're getting to a firing yeah. situation, yeah. it's the most difficult thing, I think, that any he deals with it manages folks you know i put it on the on that scale i put it very very hard and i'll just say in our organization I mean, we're a consulting group so we're literally selling our people if you will like their knowledge is what we're selling right, so right. you know we don't have a product if you will our people are our product you know so in that type of organization and an organization that's predicated on coaching as a mindset you know as how we develop our people it becomes very, very difficult when you get to what we would call offboarding mm-hmm. and you refer to as firing. And the one last thing I'd add on that, Ed, is that, you know, we believe in a growth mindset. We believe that people are not fully baked. And when I say fully baked, I mean like a cake, not like weed. Right. But <laughs> but they have the capacity to learn and change. So, like, where do you draw that line? That's where it kind of gets difficult. Right, you just open up a whole possibility of other questions with that. <laughs> I'm going to save those for a little later, I think. I love it. That's an off-podcast conversation. Yeah, yeah maybe. As far as, as far as you know, we're not even recording, right? <laughs> right. Well, in terms of the coaching and discipline, how hard or easy have, have those been for you? Well, coaching has become easy, but only because I feel like I've put a lot of practice into it. It's something that I'm passionate about. I read a lot of different things. I've been coached myself. I've been trained. So 
you know, that's something that has been present for me. Yeah, but I go further that you're, you're as passionate basketball, college and high school basketball guys I know. And I and I'm pretty passionate about the sport myself. So do you take a lot of your direction for what you would do in coaching based on what you see and have experienced in your coaching efforts away from business and in, in, in basketball? Huh. That's a good question, Ed. You know, you know me well, so you know I'm a passionate Villanova basketball fan. So I actually have been able to watch Jay Wright progress over his yeah, career right, here. Right. He's, he's evolved, no question. And watched him evolve and watched how he's responded to failure and how he has you know, kind of changed his process and, and his style and become more open to the concepts that we also apply here. Mm-hmm. So it's been... It's been cool to like read his book, watch what he's been able to accomplish, um, you know, in, in, in building a culture that has had great success on the basketball court. But I do think that coaching like a sports team and coaching in our consulting environment are, are, are not exactly all that aligned. Yeah. I, I think, uh, 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 sports analogies, uh, in business have, some relevance, but, um, you know, their, their ability to, to know whether they won or lost, um, is much more frequent in many regards than what we experience in business. And, and then there's also just the idea that money's not involved, at least not in, in the, in the moment. Yes. I think there's, uh, you see these analogies with sports and coaching and also with the military in coaching. A lot of, you'll read books and people will, will, and, and these guys know what they're doing. I mean, they're building high performing teams, but they have a certain amount of leverage with it. When you're, when you have a SEAL team, like those guys aren't going to just leave the next day (laughs) because they got their feelings hurt. And so your conversations look a little different, right? Like when, when you have a captive audience, if you will. Well, and, and uh, in the military, you always have corporal punishment as a as, <laughs> as, a, as an extreme uh, way of, of managing behavior. And, and we certainly don't have that luxury in business. And not that we want it, but you don't have it. Right. Um, so I agree. It's not the same uh, scenarios. Um, how, how quickly do you move from coaching someone to disciplining somebody? Probably not quickly enough. Um, and, you know, it's funny – Ed and prepping for this and, and you use the word discipline and I don't know that I've ever even used that word here at all for in the 20 years we've been in business. Um, we would maybe use the word feedback, <laughs> candid feedback, uh, that we would provide. I mean, we, we also, I'm, I have the luxury of having a very high performing, um, professional workforce. So, it's a little different than say if I was, um, you know, had a bunch of college kids working for me, painting houses or something like that. Right. Uh, right. You know? Um, so, uh, I, I don't, I very rarely am disciplining, um, often providing candid feedback and pivoting people to different places. So, well, let me ask you this. How often do you go from asking or suggesting to telling it this just happened last week it's it's relatively rare though i think that we we default to trying to get people to see it for themselves yeah i understand but but it but at some point as a parent you go from you know i, I wish you'd clean up your room to clean up your room 
Yeah, and um, that's what that's what happened to me last week. We we have multiple uh, multiple programs that are implementing different software solutions, three or four different ones, and I basically called that team together and said, "I need a project plan from each of you on my desk by Friday." Okay, I would call that. That's more, rare. I would call that more in the discipline vein, yeah. vein than I would at coaching. Yeah, maybe ten percent of the time I'm okay doing that yeah. to give you a number. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's fair, and and I and I'm not trying to force you to 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 you know go down a path that you actually don't go down. If you don't do it, that's fine. It's not, it's no it's, it's not bad if you don't. But but I'm just trying to help the audience understand if is it something that you do do or don't do. And and again, I think you you point out a, an important uh, qualification that you have in in the, in your situations and that you're dealing with highly professional people. Although I find highly professional people oftentimes um, more certain that what they're doing is correct. Yes. Yes. The highly professional is also highly intelligent. Yeah. They're very smart people. Yeah. <laughs> they also are very good at understanding how to, how to, how to work the, the process, if you will. Well, and they also are convinced because of uh, – the, they equate high education – oftentimes with high business acumen and those are not uh there's there's no correct direct correlation there not especially not for us our most of our folks are scientists and engineers you know i could say if they were a bunch of you know business grads or mbas then they probably should have that correlation but you're exactly right well and as you may remember from our Perth leadership discussions that uh, just having an MBA in no way means that you're going to be a run profitable business. So that aside, that's a different podcast for a different day. Um, What in your career has most shaped how you coach and occasionally discipline? I'll take that. um, The first one, I'll I'll take them separate because I think they're, they're separate answers. Okay. Uh, From a coaching perspective, what has most shaped me is my experience being coached. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be where I am today without the services of an executive coach that worked with me, and and uh, several of them. Uh, I mean, you included to a certain extent. Ed, although we never had a formal official coaching relationship, but um, you're going to get it whether you want it or not, Kevin. Yeah, you just you just come right out <laughs> with it. So. <laughs> But <laughs> those, but being of you, those of you who are listening that have worked with me know it's it, it's it can't be stopped. So go ahead, keep going, Kevin. <laughs> uh, you know, the most impactful experience was that process of going through and and getting to a place where you peel back and go, "This is about me." Um, you know, I am the yeah, I'm responsible for the things that happened to me, and I'm the cause of that. And those, sometimes those things are good. Sometimes those things are not good. And, um, I need to be able to kind of understand that, dig into it and go to work on it. And, you know, that was the most impactful experience. I started to see for me personally, you know, I was a big judger of people and I didn't even really know it until it was kind of pointed out, um, I'll tell you what really changes that when you start your own company, judging other people is is certainly not going to help you very much at all if you're trying to grow an organization. What do you mean by judging other people? What what is because you're describing it in what I would consider uh, consider negative context. Well, it was I was kind of coming at it from a negative perspective, maybe looking for things that maybe 
weren't working as opposed to okay. what was okay. and, and what is and what's possible. You were identifying flaws rather than opportunities. Yeah. Okay. You know, as an engineer, you're like you're schooled that way. Oh, I, I that's I was going there. I'm glad you're. I'm glad. I'm glad you're bringing that up. Yeah, I think lawyers, engineers, uh, CPAs, um, all of the professional services disciplines are essentially taught to think highly critically. Yeah, you're. You know, you're. You know, I'm a mechanical engineer by degree. I since it's long ago, I've not done any real engineering. And I know you referred to us as all for engineering at the beginning of this podcast. That's a misnomer. We're all we're an environmental consulting firm. Any real engineering firm would be like would laugh at us. We're not. <laughs> we're not really engineers. We have a bunch of engineers, and I'm a mechanical engineer. And you're taught to prevent things from failing. Yes. Yes. And it's all about mitigation, right? It's all about it's all about minimizing failure or risk. And and it's about it's essentially seeking perfection so often. And and we're we're anything but perfect, aren't we, as human beings? We're we're all imperfect in in significant ways. Yes. And you know, kind of understanding those imperfections to me is part of the coaching process yeah. to figure out, you know, where where you're weak. And, and that doesn't mean you need to necessarily go to work on that. Maybe you just need to be pivoted over to, to, you know, your strengths. I I've, I've written in, you know, the leadership discipline and, and let's be clear about how critical self-awareness is. And it sounds to me like the coaching that you've gone through has made you much more self-aware. Without a doubt. Um, we've done exercises within our organization where we have had blind spot one-on-one conversations where I've asked a couple of my direct reports that I, you know, have a high level of trust already built with. Um, and I'll steal your line here, you know, tell me my breath stinks. <laughs> and, 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 and that was, and we did that for each other in a one-on-one and that was tremendously powerful for the coaching process because you were getting some really unvarnished uh, candid feedback. Well, and the other thing um, that you're talking about there that I think would really be really powerful for listeners to to think about is when when you ask your subordinates to coach you, it really opens the door for them to be much more willing for you to coach them because you're not you're not suggesting that you're above it or don't need it and and that you're as you're making yourself as vulnerable as you're asking them to make themselves with you so to me that would be a wonderful uh uh activity uh or approach to to embrace to to make pretty routine so thank you for pointing that out kevin no, you're welcome. I think any anybody in an executive suite you're always worried about being the emperor without any clothes, and that's a way to you know get to that you gotta you've really gotta adjust your mindset walking into that conversation though yeah agreed agreed and and i i suspect you know if we do the right things hiring in the way we hire people we make it known that we will be coaching uh right away that this is not this is not something that we only do when there's a problem that that Coaching, uh, I I should feel if if we're doing this right, I should feel like I'm being neglected if you aren't coaching me. Yes, yes, yeah. We we do that in the in the recruiting process. We let people know that we're a a coaching organization and an organization that is predicated on feedback, and that you know that's just part of our our process. That's that's you should expect that. 
you know, it's kind of important to distinguish what actually coaching is, Ed, yeah. versus mentoring or advice. So how do you see them differing? I see coaching as uh, really working with someone to uh, to to a place of self discovery, like figure you're trying to help somebody figure things out for themselves. So, what would mentoring be about? Mentoring's more uh, this is kind of the way we do things around here. Let me help you, or um, or giving of advice. Is there less accountability in mentoring than there would be? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think so too. In my in my mind. People really struggle with this here, you know. So we've we've written a coaching the off four way manual. That's how embedded in our organization this is. So you know, we went through and took different concepts and put it into our our process. Um, the first part of that is what is coaching versus you know what is mentoring and what is advice and what is discipline for that matter. So are you sending me a copy. Whenever you want it. Uh, when we get done today, I would like you to send me a copy. And if our listeners would want a copy, is this something you would be willing to share or not? Yeah, sure. There's nothing in here that's, that's you know, uh, proprietary, so to speak. Okay, we'll, t- we'll talk about that at the end of the, uh, at the podcast. If someone wants to pay me for it, I'll take money too, but <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> you might, may, that might be on the if come. <laughs> we'll see, see what's in it before I pay you. I know you're not paying no, me for no, it, so I, that, that I, I, I absolutely, you know me well. So that, that's, that's very good. You know, you you said that when the, in the the difference about how much time you spend coaching versus disciplining is maybe ninety ten ninety coaching ten percent disciplining. How much of the day or the week are you in in that mode where you're you're coaching? I'm I do a decent amount of coaching uh here uh probably 8 hours a week is 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 about average half a day um yeah <laughs> I yeah <laughs> right um but yeah I have I, I probably have a few more direct reports right now than where I will be in the next couple of years. And, you know, we try to keep that to around five to seven people right now. I have 10 or 11, but that'll, you know, that'll change as we grow. When we, did I send you the span of control uh, survey that I got from, I was McKenzie or Accenture. No, I, I, I probably should send that to you because it's a very interesting description about uh, what spans of control make sense based upon what kind of people you're managing in the work they're doing that it's not, it's not one size fits all. And I thought it was really well done. No, I would love to, I would love to see that. I think, I think it would apply in my case of having some more because I have some director level people that, you know, are, it's different from a, uh, a coaching and a managing perspective. Yeah, it is. And, and the essence of it is that if you, if the people you're managing are essentially doing all the same kind of work, that you could have a higher span of control than if the people you're managing are all doing different kinds of work. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. It does. It, and as soon as yeah. I read that, it was like, duh, yeah. That, <laughs> I, now, all of a sudden, I can see somebody could if effectively manage 15 people if they were – like if in a call center, I could probably yeah. manage 15 people if they were all doing that specific job. Yeah. Well, you did, right? Yeah, essentially. <laughs> well, Lance did. I didn't do that, but yeah, you're right. Um, so, so is there a process you follow in he- trying to help people discover what they need to know to be more effective, or is it just a conversation that goes where it goes? It's a process of conversations. 
if that makes any sense. I'll combine the two together as conversational techniques. Um, you sound like an engineer pr- right now, but go, a- yeah. but, go a- but, but go ahead. All right. Still comes out in me. Um, well, we have a lot of engineers, so they want to see a process. So to help others, to be able to coach others, it helps them to understand kind of, you know, what that, what that process is. But um, it's, it's more, a lot of what you'll see in what I send you in our Coaching the Off 4-Way manual is, is more about good questions to ask. It's about really honing your, your curiosity yeah. in the other person. Yeah. And that curiosity will lead to them um, opening up and having to answer things about themselves that maybe they would not have thought of otherwise. And, but but there's certain people that are dense. There are certain people that just aren't going to get it. So yeah. don't you at, at some point, don't you have to just look at me and say, Ed, you're not you're not hearing me. You're not you're not getting there. We got to short circuit this We're, we're going to try something different. And then you have to hit me with a two by four and say, here is reality. Yes. And and here's what it needs to be. And you're not you're not doing here's what you need to do to fix this. I mean, I'm, yep. I'm I, if I'm if I'm listening to you and I have this conversation, I'll bet there are times where you have to do something like that. For sure. And that's that's kind of to your initial point of like, how how far do you go coaching wise until like you're just not getting the results that you need to see? And um, we're probably bad at that because because we lean more towards a coaching mindset. We probably let it go. You, you would say, you know, hey, you, Ed, I've asked you to do this now three times and you've now messed this up three times. I'm going to hit you over the head with a two by four. Uh, we probably go a couple more times and then hit you over the head with a two by four, but we will. And then we will put you, we put people on a performance plan, which I even hate the name of that because like, shouldn't there be performance anyway? Like that's, (laughs) it doesn't make any sense, but it's people just kind of know what that means. So you put them on a performance plan and you get very, very granular and you get very, very, um, you know, clear on what it is it sounds like an episode of the office right now <laughs> um I'm, i feel like my life is an episode of the office i can't even watch that show i tell my kids laugh at it i'm like i can't watch that show i just see myself and steve carill <laughs> i can't watch it because it it hurts to watch it well, it's true <laughs> it so hurts to watch it it's like people think it people don't necessarily maybe they do know that there's more of that that's true than not true in so many so many businesses thank god for me i wouldn't have a job <laughs> <laughs> well right i mean it comes down to people though and people do you know how we interact with each other and we create some of this stuff so so it's becoming clear to me in this conversation kevin that your culture has a huge uh, overshadowing effect of the way you choose to coach and discipline that, that, that really is part and parcel. It's not, it, 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 it's a, a big component in when and how you coach. It is. I mean, we're a people first organization and we, you know, we will say our people come before our clients because if we're, if we're, um, if we're growing our people, we're, we're, we're treating our people well, if we're investing in our people and our people are investing in one another, right then they're going to take care of our clients at a high level and our clients see that. Um, so yeah, you're right, Ed, we lean more towards that. Um, but I didn't answer the second part of the question. You asked me a couple of questions ago, which is the, the, you know, firing piece of it. And, you know, that's probably what people want to, it's all sounds great, but you have, like you said, you get to a certain point, right. 
you have to offboard people that don't fit. And I think your question is, what did you learn? What, you know, what was most impactful in, in learning that? And we had a couple bad experiences where it just didn't feel, it didn't feel consistent with our culture when we got to the end and how that went. And it didn't feel empathetic and it didn't feel compassionate enough to me. Um, and some of these I was involved with and some of these I wasn't involved with, but we kind of had one that was like the last one. And I'm like, that's never going to happen again. We're not, we're not a company that is like, you know, Hey, this didn't work out. And it's Thursday and now pack up your stuff and I'm going to escort you out of the building. That's never going to happen here ever again. Okay. That's not how we roll. Okay. So we, we changed that process and we, we have more of an offboarding process. I, 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 hence the name. I mean, you're not terminating people. You're offboarding them. And there is a, just like you There's onboard, they're there to, to successfully get somebody uh, to be part of the business. We're going to successfully help them leave the business. It, it's, it's not the most cost effective thing in the world. Um, the financial folks listening to this are going to be like, you're crazy. This is ridiculous. There's no benefit to it, but there's a high level. I can, I can put my um, head on the pillow at night and that's what's important to me from an integrity perspective. And what we've done now is we will work with people to leave and help them leave. So explain what that means. So we would put them on a performance plan and we'd finally get to a place and go, okay, this isn't working, but what's next for you and what's that timeline look like? And, how can we, how can we help? And like maybe being a, an environmental consultant isn't, isn't your thing. Now, if they want to go to our number one competitor, I don't know that we're going to be like, <laughs> you know, necessarily. Yeah, um, it, does, it wouldn't, the process wouldn't be the same in that situation. We all get that. In that situation. But we've had people, so the, 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 a couple situations we've had recently um, where folks, you know, just were not cut out to be consultants. That's not what they wanted to do, but they've gone on to work with industry and we gave them a a three month time where we paid them to be here to look for another job. And that is not what most organizations would, would do. But uh, two things come to my mind. One, you've, you've chosen to make sure that this process, like all the others models, your culture. And then number two, Frankly, you're you're operating a successful enough business where you can afford to do this. It's it, it's it's you're not being constrained financially of of your ability to give somebody the time to do that and and to 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 stay true to your culture. And to be clear, to yeah, you know, <laughs> reference your book. To be clear, uh, a lot of these folks, in some cases, you know, we have folks where you see inconsistent performance, and and that's that's a sign that somebody doesn't isn't engaged in what they're doing. Like if they've shown the, the aptitude yeah. and the ability to do the job, but they can't do it consistently, you have to ask, like, is this really what you want to do? And those folks typically are these folks that we offboard, like they're still able to do the work that we're doing. So we're not, we're not giving them eight, it's not eight hours a day, go, you know, get on the job boards and look for your job. We're giving you work to do. We expect you to do this and, you know, so we're not completely. Yeah, you it's know. not pure altruism, but but at the but at the same time, it's practical. And uh, boy, in terms of uh, esprit de corps, and and as you said, and and feeling good when you go home at night, I can see why you do it. 
We have relationships with folks that have offboarded here. Some folks that have offboarded here have recommended the company to friends of theirs. Um, we have people that we've offboarded that are clients. No kidding. Yep. That's a good testimonial to the validity of what you're doing. And that's at the end of the day, that's what I go back to, Ed. And I'm like, that's the result of that. And that's the result that we want to get. A couple more questions because we're, we're coming up against our time. If somebody wanted to rate themselves and being able to decide how good they were or weren't at coaching, what would you tell them? How would they know? How would they know how to rate themselves? Yeah. In other words, if somebody said self-evaluate on a scale of one to 10, how good am I at coaching others? Well, you have to ask the people they're coaching. I would ask them to go out and get feedback. Okay. And that's what we do with our coaches. Like there's two measures there, really, like the feedback from the person they're coaching and the results that the person they're coaching is producing. That to me would be the number one. Is there evidence that the people you're coaching are actually getting better at whatever it is they're doing? And if you want to get it really concrete, it's do they become more productive or don't they? Right. I'm going to throw an athletic analogy, but does their batting average go up or doesn't it? Yeah. And you can usually see that pretty clearly, especially in a coaching arrangement, because typically in the coaching situations that we have, we ask people to kind of identify, like, what's the one thing? You got to narrow that down so that we're working on something consistently. And, you know, it takes a little while to build the trust to unearth what that one thing is. But when they are able to identify that one thing, then it becomes very easy to see, like, the results that that you get. I'm with you. Okay. And then if somebody wanted to really elevate their capacity to coach and have these conversations in as effective manner as possible, what would be your advice to somebody who, based upon hearing what we're talking about today, goes, I want to get as good as Kevin? What would you tell them to do? Well, first of all, who knows if I'm any good or not? I have to go through that process, but I'd give them four things, Ed. Number one, go get coached yourself. You've got to submit yourself to that process and understand it from the perspective of the one being coached. Yep. So that's the first thing I would do. The second thing I'd do is I'd go get trained. You could do that. There's self-learning. There's plenty of great resources out there to get trained. The third thing I'd do, I'd identify your purpose. Why do you want to do coaching? If you're doing that to try to change people, that may not end very well. You need to make sure that you're, you know, kind of completely and genuinely invested in their success, whatever that might be. It might go down a path that you don't necessarily anticipate. You have to be able to roll with it that way. Kind of like tapping into strengths, finding strengths, finding superpowers. I describe it as if the reason you're coaching me is because you're trying to make yourself, your results better, and it's not because you're trying to help me, I'm going to receive that coaching entirely differently than if you're trying to help me be the best version of myself. Exactly. And like I said, we have really smart people. They sniff that out in a heartbeat. No question. People sense that. So, you know, if you're not genuine, it's not going to work. Identify your purpose. Or number four is just really be mindful around developing purposeful curiosity, asking good questions, and really like invest yourself in being curious about that person. I call it suspending judgment that I'm going to assume I don't know what I need to know. So therefore, I'm going to be more curious in the way that you're, you're describing, I think. And this is one of those things that sounds really simple when you and I are talking about it right here. And it's really hard to do. Well, especially when you know you're right. (laughs) Or you think you are. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that, that after 40 plus years in business, I know I'm right. 99% of the time. So why should I have to listen to somebody? Exactly. Uh, 
I enjoy listening to you, Kevin. It's always a pleasure. You've given the audience here a lot of meat for the time they've invested. So if they want to reach you, if they want a copy of the All Four Coaching Handbook, what's, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, just shoot me an email at uh, khickey, K-H-I-C-K-E-Y, at allfourinc.com. It's A-L-L, the number four, inc.com. What a pleasure it is always to be with you virtually or in person. We need to schedule some time for uh, golf soon, hopefully. And you know where I would love to do that if we can. And we will. Yes, I know we will. Kevin, it's an honor and privilege to call you a friend as well as compatriot. So thank you for all you do for me and for the listeners here on the Ed Epley Experience. Same to you, Ed, and thank you for having me on. I thoroughly enjoy our conversations here. You're welcome. You too. Thank you for listening to the Ed Epley Experience. For more information on building a more sustainable, smarter, and healthier business, visit www.theepleygroup.com for resources, tips, and Ed's latest blogs. That's the Epley, E-P-P-L-E-Y, group.com. Plus, take a free assessment at theepleygroup.com slash assessment to find out how you measure up as a highly skilled and accomplished manager and where to focus on improving your skills. 